Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome back to Light Body Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Lara May, and today we have special guest, Flowing River. He is a heart-centered mystic, CEO, father, leader, dancer, poet, musician, visionary artist, author, and ceremonialist. Welcome. Wow. Long-winded. You got through it, the whole thing. Uh, yeah, thanks, thanks <laughs> for having breath. me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited to be on the show today and uh, excited to really dive deep. So let's do it. Yeah. So tell, let's start with your story. So I rattled off a whole bunch of titles. So how did you come to all of those wonderful embodiments? Yeah, sure. So when I was a little kid, you know, I was a crazy little creative ball of energy during like elementary school and just like just wildly expressing myself. But then somewhere along the line, you know, my father around eighth grade, he's a great man, but he just had a slip of consciousness in this moment. And I was like carrying up some boxes from the stairs and he just, I dropped them and he turned around and he, he just snapped at me. And he said, you're worthless, you know? And so I started looping this thought. I'm worthless. I'm worthless. I'm worthless. And went to a spiral downward depression for like three months as, as a kid, because my father had never told me that. And I really held him in high esteem. You know, it really affected me. And then I thought, okay, cool. Everything's fine. <laughs> but that, mm-hmm. that core, that was my core trauma, which led me for the rest of my, you know, basically teenage and early adult life to really pursue trying to become worthy to my father. So what did that mean? That meant me, instead of going to college, starting my own business when I was 20. And so I started hustling and grinding and working like eight to 12 hours a day, really trying to like bang my head against the wall to make money so that I could live the American dream to make my father proud so that my father would love me. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that just destroyed me like mentally, physically, spiritually, because I wasn't listening to that creative expression impulse that I had as a child and I was really suppressing that. I I didn't write a poem for 11 years. I didn't play musical instruments. I didn't create art at all, digital art at all. And then it came to a period of, through a series of synchronicities, I got connected to this company, New Mundo, that was doing eco villages and permaculture, Airbnb essentially. And so I ended up going to the company retreat out in Costa Rica, off-grid, permaculture village, 20 people, 14 acres, you know, putting your hand in the dirt, growing food. And I was really able to not only be healed by working with the land, you know, that's just so powerful being under the sun and and planting trees and growing your own food. I mean, that's just incredibly empowering. But then I was able to also be healed by receiving the love from the community. But the most important thing that I was able to do was to give my love. Because, you know, coming from the business world for 10 years at that point, it's a dog-eat-dog business world. I always wanted to give to my partners, but my partners would screw me over for some reason or take advantage of me or take advantage of my kindness or see it as weakness. And so I had to build up all these walls around my heart. But in this space, I was able to just give without having my hand bitten. And it felt so relieving. And that was a 180-degree turn from where I was. 
So in that moment, I was like, wow, this is really the way I want to be living. You know, this old paradigm, old thoughts, concepts, behavior patterns. I'm not really interested in the same way. I want to step into this new reality. And my name just didn't feel like it was serving me anymore. You know, my birth name was Darren and I love Darren. <laughs> I don't reject him at all. Uh, it's the aspect of myself and my journey. But at the same time, there's so much baggage with a name. My gosh, how many, it's so interesting, our names. It's like, it's how we identify ourselves and like, who is Darren? You know, oh, Darren's this like hard nose, like hustle entrepreneur, like make it no matter what, like, you know, get through any obstacle. And I'm like, I'm just not that anymore. You know, I want, I want to embody more ease, grace and flow in my life and surrender to the beauty of life. So I was thinking like, oh, what's a name? What's a name? What's a name? And the name that came was a Sanskrit word, Narayan, which means flowing river. And I was like, oh, everyone could call me Nara. That's really cool. But then what's going to happen? Everyone's going to ask you, what's that mean? What's that mean? And you're going to get that question like 10 million times. So I was like, also a little practical about it. (laughs) I was like, I'll just, I'll just call myself flowing river. That's like everyone understands what a flowing river is. (laughs) And the cool thing is that we had a ceremony and was rebirthed as flowing river. And the amazing thing was, it's like, I was reborn in this lifetime again. And it's like, who is flowing river? No one knew who flowing river was. I didn't even know who flowing river was. So I was like, I was able to like reconstruct my own identity around these new concepts and ways, ways of being, of course, and leaving all the old stories. It just felt like such a release. And that's kind of how flowing river was born. That's beautiful. Where do you think, or where would you suggest someone start if they were wanting to unpack their identity or figure out who they really are. I think a lot of us can resonate with your story in terms of, you know, whether it was one core trauma or a bunch of little traumas or one big trauma at some point in our life that shifts us because we react and we sort of protect and we do all these things. And then we go on from life from there. And sometimes I think most of the time it's way out of alignment with our true selves. So how do we get back? How do, where, we, where do we start in order to get back? And correct me if I'm wrong, but in, on your website and in your writing, you talk a lot about purpose. And I assume that these things are interconnected, like figuring out who we are and our purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a beautiful opportunity for us to practice reverse engineering. Everything that is manifesting through us and out into our reality is rooted somewhere. You know, every single word I'm saying is rooted in a belief system that I, that I carry or hold or know myself to be right. So how can we go backwards from the pain and suffering that we're feeling in our life? And instead of viewing as pain and suffering, but seeing it as an opportunity that's reflecting back to us, something that's deeper within us that we, we can release so that we don't have to repeat that pain and suffering again, right? So the lesson turns from a lesson into a blessing. So mm-hmm. how do we do that, right? So let's say well, there's ways to do it just individually on your own, but I like to do it just seeing how life unfolds in the present moment. So let's say I'm having an argument with someone in a relationship and you're getting angry 
and that whole situation explodes and you push each other away and then people are crying and there's separation. You guys break up, right? So we can look at the fruit of the tree. And what is the fruit of the tree? The fruit of the tree is our actions. So I'm, I'm pushing this person away. I'm creating separation, right? And then we can go into the leaves and the leaves are like the thoughts. Those are what are perpetuating our, our actions, are feeding our actions. But behind our thoughts is that emotion of anger, right? Emotion is energy in motion. And that perpetuates the thought, which turns into the action if we agree with it. Now we go back further into the branches and the trunks and we see the, you know, the stronger belief systems and belief systems are layered. So what is the belief system that's making me angry? Maybe I feel like I have to be respected in a certain way. And I I have some sort of boundary that if somebody calls me a name, then I'm going to get angry and I'm going to push this person away. Now, why are you doing that? Maybe because when you were five years old on, on the playground, somebody called your face blue and you believe them and it made you cry. Right. And so you're repeating that same pattern. And so you're saying, I'm being disrespected. Therefore, I'm going to push this person away. Why? Because you want to feel safe. Because when you're alone and no one's calling you a name, you're, you feel safe. So this is why we put walls up on our heart and we get to go all the way back in time to the root cause. What was the first time that we felt that emotion or that energy overcome us? And, you know, this is where you get to go into meditation or doing a inner child healing work and go usually most of our traumas that perpetuate in our life are installed before the age of seven. Now, why is that? Because when we're a child, we're just born into this world with eyes of awe and we take everything in as is. So if somebody says, you know, this is bad, we automatically agree. Who are we to disagree? This is the person that's feeding me my food. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're not going to go against. You have no cognitive function to argue with this person, you know? <laughs> so a lot of our belief systems are installed then. And then through adolescence, we get some of a freedoms so where like, oh, mom, you're telling me this is bad. No, I want to be a punk rock kid, you know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and you're kind of exploring between society telling you what's right and you kind of exploring yourself. And then you finally get into like adulthood where, oh, now I'm quote unquote, consciously creating my beliefs. However, you don't realize that you're still carrying all those old beliefs. You didn't uninstall them yet. So the work is like to get all the way back in there and clear it out and free yourself from the constraint that whenever somebody calls you a name, you automatically go into this reactionary pattern of when you were a five-year-old child and get angry and push this person away. Let's move out of reaction and into our responsibility, our ability to respond as conscious co-creators to create the reality that we want to experience. Instead of me getting angry, I'm going to project the reality of me stepping into understanding to understand where this person is coming from that's getting angry at me, to have compassion understanding their own belief systems, the way that they were raised, that are is keeping them in a pattern of reaction so that I can come to love for this person and say, hey, it's okay. I forgive you. Thank you for the reflection that I'm not showing up in the right way and take radical self-responsibility for all your thoughts, words, and actions. This is empowerment to rise above the stories so that you can truly experience what it is that you want, which is peace, 
and love and harmony. And it's not you and your partner or whoever it is getting into a fight, crying about it. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to feel that. Like that's, I mean, the key is to become more aware in the moment when an emotion is arising, right? We all feel that rush, that surge of energy coming through our channel, through our, through our body. And then notice how it's trying to get you to do something. That's the interesting thing. You know, when you can bring your awareness and what is this energy trying to tell me to do? And notice in that moment that you have literally like split seconds to just fall back into your pattern, or you can pause, take a moment, take a deep breath, allow the energy to flow through you and watch it dissipate. Now you're no longer under control of that energy. As the masters say, be like hollow bamboo, allowing everything to come in and out and observe with equanimity, you know, the energy, it's just neutrality that it's neither good or bad. It's just another energy. So these are some of the things we can do. And the things I'm talking about are very, quite frankly, high level points of self-mastery to be able to have that, that level of depth and control, but anyone can do it and practice makes the master. So if you have this understanding, you can start moving towards that aspect of self-mastery just by continually trying to do it. And even if you fail, don't get down on yourself. There's plenty of times in my path when I've been on the path of healing and yep, fell back into an old pattern. It is what it is. You know, sometimes the energy is just so powerful. The emotion is so powerful that it kind of overtakes you. And in those moments, just don't fall into self-judgment, you know, be gentle with yourself, know that you're doing the best you can to heal and that your heart's intention is pure. That's the most important thing. It's like, what is your intention? Is your intention to harm this person in the moment or harm yourself in this moment? Or is your intention to truly like work towards healing and understanding and compassion? And that intention is, will lead you in the direction of what you're going to experience. Yeah. Wow. There's so much there. I love the hollow bamboo and yes, it is. It's so simple and it is so challenging. And I, you know, I think it's worth just saying, you know, again, that we are spiritual beings having a human experience. And so, yes, it's like, it is this ebb and flow of we're in alignment and we are being the spiritual beings that we are. And then in the next moment, we're being human and we're, you know, (laughs) and all of that, you know, wonderful messiness that honestly isn't so wonderful all the time either, a lot of the time. But yeah, it's a practice. And I I think that my personal belief is that a lot of many of the souls that have awakened now, like came here to experience this ebb and flow and then almost to like re-experience the learning of the coming back to alignment with like everything that you said with practicing that awareness with being right on that precipice of the emotional blow up and like breathe okay you know like (laughs) and but having that conscious choice I think the the I don't know, I don't want to call it a switch or a flip, but the movement from being unconscious to conscious, mm-hmm. from being totally unaware and just go literally going through the motions, uh, more like the animalistic brain versus that higher awareness. 
Yeah. Yeah. It resonates because I mean, that's exactly what my journey was, you know, for 29 years of my life, I was completely unconscious just being run by my behavioral patterns and belief systems that I had installed and attached myself to. And, you know, looking back on it, it was a fun time, but also looking back on it, I destroyed my body, my mind and my spirit, my connection mm-hmm. to spirit. So I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like I'm super grateful for all the experiences, but there's no need to repeat it because once you raise your perspective and increase your awareness, like it just creates so much more ease, grace and flow and everything becomes more harmonious and life becomes more beautiful in in a way, you know, that it's just filled with smiles and hugs and happiness. So yeah, there's profound work when you heal yourself, you heal your family, you heal your community, you heal the world. So anyone that's taking this path, like, I just encourage you to keep going. Yeah. So I'm a big, big, big proponent of self-healing. And that's what I feel like my mission is on this planet is to remind people that they are their own most powerful self-healers. And whether that's physical, mental, emotional, the whole spectrum. And so let's, I want to ask you like what self-healing means to you in your practice and, and how you've seen that evolve. Yeah, that's one of my big missions too. Um, really empower people to step into their own master healer. For me, the practice of healing is actually the practice of detachment. It's releasing stories, ideas, concepts that are creating self-limiting belief systems or self-sabotage loops that prevent me from actually manifesting my heart's true intentions. So that's the practice of healing for me. And if you want to break that down, I mean, it's a whole lot of forgiveness. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Jesus really hit that one on the head. And then Buddha did really well too, because it's a whole lot of compassion for the people and relationships in your lives to let go of the pain on your chest and let go of the weight on your shoulders, the responsibility to have to take care of certain things because you think that you need or have to do it. And we get to switch that into, I get to experience, you know, I get to be in my joy. I get to have beautiful relationship with my parents and my children and my, my partner. So it's a lot of, of doing relationship work. And then also Don't forget the relationship with yourself, that conversation, that internal dialogue. Is it always telling you, oh, you're worthless, you're worthless, you're a piece of crap, blah, 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 blah. I I used to have that dialogue quite a bit. And, or is it your greatest cheerleader? You're the most amazing, talented, visionary artist, poet, dancer, (laughs) mystic, et cetera, et cetera, you know, Mm -hmm. ever. So how can you do the healing work to heal those thought patterns that are you know, just constantly trying to shut you down and keep you stuck in this, this lower dimensional reality. So at the end of the day, it's ultimately, it's an inward journey into the center of your heart and really uncovering all the layers of protection that we put over ourselves to push away people and things like that. So that's, Mm -hmm. that's the way I see the healing path. Do you think there has to be a rock bottom? There doesn't have to be if you have what I like to say, good karma, but for the majority of people, what I like to say is rock bottom is a good place to start, Mm -hmm. you know, because going all the way down to rock bottom, you're basically at this hopeless state and you're like, it's, it's a surrendered state of the ego because the ego's tried to do all this stuff 
by itself with its mind, okay, I'm going to go after this money. I'm going to drink alcohol. I'm going to go party with these people, whatever it is. And then you hit the state and it's just like everything I ever tried to do didn't work. And you finally get to admit that and look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm messing up big time. And when you're so far deep into that darkness, the only place to look is up where the light is. And that is when you make earnestly in your heart of hearts, like I'm going to change my life. And guess what? That's when you do change your life. And of course you created that bottomless pit for yourself to climb out of, (laughs) but people that have, you know, maybe let's just say some people like to call it luck. I like to call it karma. People that have good karma, that have accrued good karma in their lives are generally able to avoid such bottomless pits because they have spiritual guides in their life or healers in their life that can help them navigate through the matrix of reality. So they don't fall into those traps. For me, I didn't have that in my life. So I was drunk for 28 days straight, just destroying myself. And then I hit rock bottom and said, I can't do this anymore. My body hates me. My mind is completely clouded and confused and spiritually I'm completely disconnected. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I, I need, I need to change everything. And I, I moved to Philippines for a year and a half, just destroyed my company, left everything behind and just reset. And that is what started pushing me back towards the path of awakening. And I think a lot of people have some sort of story like that as well. And that's also beautiful because once you finally make it through the fire, now you can relate your story. Now you can help others that are going through the same situation and you get to be of service to your brothers and sisters. Yeah, I think it also helps teach us a level of strength and helps remind us how strong we all are. And, you know, especially when we're at that quote bottom, whatever it is, everyone's bottom looks differently. You know, some people are addicted to work and, you know, maybe it's not a substance, but to them work is that substance or whatever it is, climbing the corporate ladder or, you know, shopping or so so many things. But But yeah, when you reach that point of surrender, Like you, I think, open yourself up to receive. Like you said earlier, when you finally were able to give and receive that love. And I think that teaches us so much about ourselves that we're able to show up in a way where we can be, we can be ourselves, we can be supportive, we can be compassionate, we can be non judgmental all of these things. And then we're, you know, sort of like the light in, you know, the shadows of our community, shining in more light, opening up other people's light, and then ideally creating more communities of light. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's that's the game plan. So yeah. <laughs> sign me up. That's the beautiful process of awakening. You know, as you heal yourself, you raise your vibration, you increase the light you carry. And then, you know, just as Dr. Laura said, like you start shining that light out, out into the world. And, you know, that's what we all get to experience in our own way, you know, and every journey is same, same, but different. It's interesting. You know, we're all having this human experience, but it's also from individual you know, perspectives with our own stories and history that makes us unique, one of one. So it's really fun to kind of get to share stories and and meet everyone else's, you know, what their perspective on healing is. And it seems like everyone has a little piece of the puzzle. 
and mm-hmm. it fits into your own puzzle too. That's one thing I've noticed, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, Dr. Lara has got this one piece on, on understanding this aspect of consciousness and so-and-so has got this. And then it's like, you start putting it together and you start seeing the bigger picture and you're like, oh, okay, I'm getting it. <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask you in your blog, there's a post about the art of polarity flipping. So I wanted to ask you in terms of this, the concept of awakening and the whole, the continuum of like, even when you're in that place of bottom and surrender, you are, you know, you're sort of cracked open to the light and to the, the love of source and universe and, and your support team to actually come in and help you. So how does, how does the polarity flipping factor into that? Or maybe it doesn't at all. (laughs) Well, yes, it, it does. Ultimately, I mean, everything's connected. So Polarity flipping is an action, uh, it's a Toltec wisdom technique. And basically when you have a negative thought, what you'll do is you'll immediately switch it into the opposite pole. So what's the opposite of negative? Positive, right? So, okay, you're a terrible person. That's the thought. No, I'm an amazing person. And you just consciously say that and you overwrite that line of code or that belief system that you've agreed to that's like trying to tell you that you're a terrible person. And then, of course, when you have time, you can go deeper into that thought and talk, do everything that we said before, have the meditation, figure out when you first thought that you're a terrible person, et cetera, et cetera. But of course, you know, as we're going through our day to day lives, you're at the grocery store, you're at work. You know, you, you can't take 10, 30 minutes to dive that deep. So in the moment, it's still powerful to just keep constantly reminding yourself whatever's negative coming up. Oh, I can't do it. I can do it. Mm-hmm. And just keep flipping it. Turn that voice into your, your greatest cheerleader. So how is that connected to tapping into higher aspects of yourself? Well, when you're in a lower vibration, guess what? Like attracts like right? That's the big secret. What you put out is what you get back, boomerang. So when you're in a lower vibration, you're attracting, let's just say, demonic energy into your life. The people, places, and things, and the entities that are attracted to you are going to be of a lower kind. And that's pretty apparent to see. You know, when I was getting drunk every single day, the people that surrounded me were business partners that wanted to take advantage of me, people that were competing with me behind my back and talking bad about me and things like that. And I was stuck in this vicious cycle. But as soon as you start raising your vibration and you start polarity flipping your thoughts and start having more positive thoughts, well, guess what? Now you're putting out positivity in the world. So people, places, and things are going to be more supportive. They're going to be more loving and kind. And so are the spirits that come visit you, you know, uh, maybe your angelic guides and your, as you said, your support team are like, oh, I can actually communicate with this person now because when it's too dense, they can't even, when they try to tell you go right, you're not even going to listen to them anyways. You're going to go left. <laughs> so mm-hmm. they're like, I'll just wait until they call me <laughs> because it's the way of the darkness to work by force. And it's the way of the light to work by free will. So an angel doesn't necessarily going to come to you. Like it's possible that they can, but usually you got to, you have to call them. Now demonic energy will force its way into your life. It doesn't care if you, you, you want it in your life or not, it's coming no matter what. And then it's up to you to set boundaries and be clear with this energy. Like, Hey, you're not allowed in my life. So mm-hmm. And I'm just using angels and demons. Like there's so many different 
ways to talk about it, light, dark, you know, good, bad, positive, negative. But at the end of the day, we get to see the light within all aspects of this and really understand that demons are just angels in disguise, you know, fallen from the skies. You'd have to open your third eye to say hi, and you'd have to love them to say bye. This is what I like to say about demons. So <laughs> um, like we, we get the opportunity to really love these aspects of ourselves that might be, you know, from a human perspective, very difficult to integrate. Yeah. Uh, again, you brought so many good things. So first thing that I really want to point out and reinforce is that we uh, all have free will and we all have choice. And so we, in every single moment of every single day, we get to choose. We get to choose whether or not we're going to be of vibration, high vibration. We get to choose, are we going to call in our angels? We get to choose, you know, where our boundaries are going to be and where we're going to let in. And then also what we're going to put out into the world. So there's so much of that that I feel like a lot of people and a lot of us, I think we get so caught up in the daily rush and flow of our lives that we forget that we have the choice. You know, even if you're in a job that you don't like, you still make that choice every day to go. You can choose not to go. That's a choice that you can make. So, yeah. And then just to point out uh, something you said about the angels, you have to call them in. They're always around you. But if you want to communicate with them, you do have to ask for their help. So that's important. (laughs) (laughs) And since we're on the subject of angels and demons, I'd like to read a poem about demons uh, from my book, if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so this is from the Flowing River Poetry Book. It's 144 poems of awakening from a journey from the ego to the center of your heart. So I'm going to share poem number 96. It's about demons. It's called Grilled Cheese Sandwich. (laughs) The demons come in all shapes and sizes. They come big. They come tall. They are skinny. They are small. It doesn't matter. I love them all. As Medusa snakes, they rear their heads. They say, if you go any further, you'll be dead. I lean in and I grin. I watch them wince and laugh, knowing that it is only I. So I give them wings, a kiss on the forehead, and watch them fly. They scream, no, 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 all the way to the top, until they merge into the light and they finally stop. A great tranquility falls, and all is still, until another one appears, saying, you'll die if you take another step. Aha! It's my good old friend, Fear. I wrap my arm around his shoulder and bring him in close. The demon has no clue what to do. When they see me, it's as if hell just froze over. Knowing they are seen, they stop in their tracks. A deer in headlights, for I am the divine light. I am the divine beauty, and all shall reflect me. I call in my favorite frequencies frequently. Love, compassion, and joy to heal the wounds of a little boy. The feeling is felt, and the demons melt. For when push comes to shove, I make a grilled cheese sandwich of love. Integrating another piece of me, I am free, free of the chaos. Old stories are tossed, the program is at a loss. The fear absolves, the riddle is solved, and peace returns to the innerscape. But just as I make my way for the exit, there is no escape. Doubt screams out, don't do it, you'll lose everything you've ever known. Well, if frustration breeds anger, which gives birth to resentment and ultimately revenge, It seems I didn't know much, so with a gentle touch, I caress doubt's face, 
one last kiss goodbye so he could relish my taste. I think to myself, such potential, what a waste. Psych, I know it's only me playing a game of hide and seek. And so I tiptoe to take a peek to exit the gift shop and receive the greatest gift of all. So when you see a demon, stand tall, know your truth and hug that mother lover until it loves you like your mother. That was beautiful. I love that. Yes. Yeah. Little tongue and cheeky playing with the demons. Because yeah. for me, demons are, you know, the negative thought forms mm-hmm. and they can manifest through other people in your lives. They can manifest as your own thoughts in your life in, in your life. And so that's kind of the way I interact with that that concept. Yeah. Well, and earlier when you were talking about forgiveness and and the conflict with the partner example. Uh, you said, thank you for showing me or mirroring to me how I'm showing up, something similar to that. And I, so I think that's, that's again, really valuable is like, if you see a pattern of things showing up in your life that you don't want to me and you know, what I do and teach with my clients is like, start asking yourself, what about me am I putting out that is putting out that vibration that's attracting or like having this other thing show up that I don't want? And and in response to that, what can I change or what can I do differently so that I put out a vibration that will bring in things that I do want? Yeah, absolutely. And that's how we start, you know, recreating um, from a space of responsibility, our ability to respond in that moment. It's like we're choosing, you know, mm-hmm. what we want to experience. And so it's very important to put put that out there. Otherwise, results may vary and you just get whatever it is. Yeah, you're just along for the ride instead of driving, driving the train. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So something else I wanted to ask you, uh, what is your Ascension Academy? Can you tell us about that? Yeah, Ascension Academy is a online group um, where we gather together and we share tips, daily tips on how to raise your vibration. These are beautiful, just simple reminders that anyone can do, even if you're super busy. And then of course, there's deeper teachings as far as how to raise your vibration. As you mentioned on the blog, we go a little bit more in depth and we share the tools and techniques of stepping into your self-mastery. So we have a course, how to, how to raise your vibration.com, which is teaching people the the various healing modalities that allow you to go into your body to uninstall the programs and release the attachments that we've created and these belief systems that are you know basically dragging us um, down from what we could our highest potential is and so it's and also I share all my poetry, music, art, things like that to offer points of inspiration so that you can step into your own gift and understand what it is that you want to offer to the world or what your purpose is and why you came here to and what it is that you're offering to the world. So it's it's a beautiful community of like-hearted and minded people that come together to share their knowledge and ascend to basically, you know, our highest potential. That's beautiful. So people can sign up for that on your website. Yeah, absolutely. And if you, can I share one other poem as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because this will give you a taste and an understanding of what, it, what our mission is and why we're coming together together and what Ascension really is. So let me pull this 83. Um, 
And so this is poem number 83 in the book, and it's an invocation and prayer at the same time. It's called Eighth Dimensional Praying Mantis Pose. And it goes a little bit like this. So we we went on the demonic side. Now we're going on the angelic side. (laughs) I invoke and decree the highest potentiality of infinite wisdom, absolute abundance, quantum health, and pure love be crystallized in this forever now moment, raising the vibration to elicit sensations of bliss. Pure potent presence be restored in every waking moment of the dream. A continuous stream of downloads to embody galactic codes wrapped in a golden sphere of protection from being taken off the path by illusions rooted in confusion, to release all doubt, fear, and anger, and install the quiet knowing, walking humbly in service to the all, for the collective ascension of humanity, free to be anything, born out of infinity, to manifest divinity in all that I see, lifting the density and piercing the veil with crystal clear perception, navigating the murky waters with grace, flow, and ease, ask, and you shall receive calling upon all luminous lovers of the light for healing and sealing of the divine truth and love into every cell of my being to rewire patterns that lead me into darkness peering into every recess to clean my channel and claim my birthright to shine as a beacon of light an overflowing chalice if only to remind others of the gift of life planting the seed of my heart's true intentions nurturing with my will allowing its petals to unfurl towards the eternal sun that which greets us with the warmth of new beginnings. I pray all beings may be happy and free. I pray all beings may be happy and free. For I am sovereignty, safely resting over their shoulders to move over all obstacles and boulders, refining our edges, eroding the corrosion to represent virtues of the higher realms, awakening the leader within to be at the helm of a golden age, of the divine expression of you, the universe dancing in the arms of the mother, to the heartbeat within your chest. Heed the call and show up in your highest to fly with us to heaven's gate. The angels await with bated breath for the chance to romance a life unbound, untethered to the stormy weather of the mind, recoding reality to reflect perfect projections of the most high. We let the past die, resting in peace, to arrive at perspectives of the ancient future our ancestors believed we could achieve. Now is the time to rise out of the darkness, the depths of the abyss, to sit atop the throne, welcoming home divine providence in every aspect of self, loving everyone else as yourself, a holographic echo chamber rippling out for all of eternity to continually return unto me in all forms of divinity. And so it is. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So that sums up pretty much the mission (laughs) of Ascension Academy and what what we're coming together to do and all the resonant souls that that join us as well, you know, offer their own wisdom, their perspective, their knowledge. And it's basically just helpful people helping each other. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes. And I uh, was, I've been watching, I don't know if you've heard of the network Gaia. They're yeah. based out of Boulder, Colorado. So I've been watching a lot of different shows on, on that lately. And something struck me. They were, we, it was something about galactic beings, you know, there's lots of fun stuff on there, but it essentially said that the earth is the most diverse planet in the entire universe. And I love that because to me, it just speaks of the richness of possibility, the richness of, of light, of love, of compassion, of collaboration, of growth, expansion, awakening. So it's 
to me, it's like infinite potential incarnated in, in the physical reality. And I know there's a lot of not so good stuff happening on earth right now, for sure. But I think if, if we could, you know, really focus on that diversity and that richness and that all of the things that we all individually have to offer to help each other. And that's I, the other reason that I wanted to bring up your Ascension Academy because I, I, that to me, I was like, yes, this that's part of it. So Yes, absolutely. And what ultimately, like the Ascension Academy, what are you ascending to? What are you transcending? The concept of white and black, dark and light, good and bad is, is all mired in duality. And so as we raise our vibration and we start to embody more oneness, we move into a non-dual perspective. And so, you know, this is ultimately where the path of ascension leads you to and into that acceptance and tolerance and love for all um, that we're experiencing and seeing, um, even in this seemingly messy, you know, earth plane. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This was a wonderful conversation. I love your poetry and the depth and, and the breadth at the same time that exists there and that your, your light that you're bringing to the world. Is there anything that else that you want to discuss real quick or that you feel like a burning desire that we need to touch on before we finish up today? Yeah. I mean, obviously if you resonate with the the poetry book, you can check out the flowing river poetry book on Amazon, but also I'd love to invite people not only to Ascension Academy, but uh, Sangha of the divine light. It's a weekly discourse by actually my teacher, um, Bahadur Singh. And in he in this, we're teaching the authentic teachings from the East as passed down from master to master for generations and generations. So if you truly wish to awaken to the divine truth, that is an opportunity. It's called Sangat of the Divine Light. I can share it in the show notes mm-hmm. and join our community there because that is the tried and true path of awakening the heart that I've found in my own path. So I offer that to all the listeners. Awesome. Yes, for sure. We will include that in the show notes. All right. So thank you again so much. It was wonderful having you. And I look forward to having many more conversations in the future too. I'm sure there's lots that we can talk about. Yes, absolutely. Anytime. Always love to connect with resonant souls. (laughs) Thank you. 